Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. What's up, everybody? Joe Pavlansky and Eddie Guevara are back with you with House of the Unusual podcast. Tonight we have back with us the master of magic merchandise, Dave Haversat, one of our fan favorites. Dave, what's going on? Oh, I'm doing great, Joe. Doing good. Good. Glad to doing well. glad to have you uh, back with us once again, uh, Eddie. What's what's new on your end up at uh, House of the Unusual? Well, everything is going progressing. We're finishing up uh, the Ghost Ship Times to launch soon. Um, I did get uh, two updates, one of you of an unboxing and one of Todd, which uh, Todd's came out really phenomenal. Todd did an unboxing? Be... Yeah, he did one. Uh, for oh, being wow. his first ever, he he actually did pretty good. Awesome. So I'm going to upload those into um, in tonight, so they should be available tomorrow in houseoftheunusual.com, or oh, the YouTube channel, that is. Awesome. Well, before we get started on our, our little rant today, I have a little rant of my own that I, I was thinking of uh last night that i wanted to put out and it kind of uh dovetails off of uh what we talked about i think it was last podcast or the podcast before and that is the uh importance of physical media because I, I i was thinking last night i was i was kind of uh kind of bored and i was looking through my my uh amazon prime to watch some i wanted to watch some t some old tv shows so i wanted to I was somewhere on episode six or seven of the Adams family, and I wanted to go back and start watching a few of those. So I logged on, and I'm looking for Adams family here. They had Amazon Prime had taken it off the streaming, and I, it's no longer on any other platform that I I have. You know, out of Netflix, Hulu, Disney, all of them. So I said, you know what? I said I I'd like to watch. You know, the monsters, the monsters start that up again, and here they took that off of amazon prime as well and then that brought me back to thinking back in october you know a few weeks before uh, halloween when it was announced that the charlie brown uh great pumpkin would not be seen on tv for the first time in decades because it was again on a streaming channel now thankfully my wife had the foresight years ago to uh, purchased the dvd collection of uh, all the peanuts cartoons so the great pumpkin was on there and we had a chance to watch it but you know i was thinking last night i said you know what i, I said i have to find the adams family set and the monster set and all these other old classics that i have that i i like to watch because you know it's just you can't rely on these streaming services you know that much or you know sometimes not at all because they'll put shows on there and then you could be in the middle of them and then they're gone and then you look at maybe 20 years from now you know, where will those shows be? Will you be able to watch them? You know, these shows from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So, you know, I, I was just kind of contemplating last night on the importance of, you know, having physical media, having the physical books in your hands, the the DVDs, the magazines, the comic books, and kind of straying away from this, you know, these streaming stuff and these, um, these Kindle books and these digital editions and all that stuff. So, you know, what are your guys take dave what's your take on on having physical media over you know digital media well you know because i i i don't really do anything as far as 
you know, uh, video, DVD, that type of thing. But, you know, I'm a book guy and I, I was always kind of uh, against when there was a big push for, you know, the Kindle and for all these ebooks and downloadable because I feel having a tangible thing in your hand that you could, you know, take off a shelf and you can look at your leisure and not stare at a screen. You could be laying in bed, you could be sitting in your car. And I know people say they could do that on their iPad, but it's not like having the actual object, you know? Yeah. there's so, just, uh, there, Especially yeah. with books, there's just something magical about having that, that physical copy in your hand. And, you know, most of these digital eBooks, they, they've gone by the wayside. Now, a lot of places are, are no longer selling or updating them. So, you know, people that had those eBooks when they came out, now they're kind of, you know, stuck. So they're going right. back to physical media. Yeah. You know, and the same as like, because I do a lot of research, you know, with doing the books or articles that I write. And even today, when I'm looking through some stuff, I'm opening up a file cabinet. I'm looking at letters that people wrote in the 1950s, 60s and 70s. And then it dawns upon me, you know, the new generation. I mean, nobody writes letters, but back in the day, that was the way he communicated. You know, you'd say, hey, did you get this in or this? Or I found another one of these and it's rare. Well, these, you know, what we use right now, we think it's great as far as emails and so forth. But let's say in 30, 40 years, all that data that we, we have on our email servers, it's going to be all gone. And no one's going to be have, you know, no one like myself who's doing research 40, 50 years from now is going to have access to your emails, um, you know, to g gather this information. So having like the old correspondence, you know, it's like having a, an old catalog in your hand. Um, we, we covet that looking through it and seeing the line drawings and the pictures. Well, you could imagine, you know, some of the, the stuff that's on the internet now, it's all going to disappear and be gone. And you, we won't be able to talk about it, discuss it. Um, just be, you know, no one does it anymore. No one does the, the, the hard copy stuff as much. It's all, it's all uh, digital. Right now. And, and I do a lot of research as well. And I, I do see the importance of, you know, the internet and all that, but I, 90% of my research, if not more comes from, you know, physical books, physical letters, you know, uh, physical magazines newspapers and all that i i find myself going to my my library more often than actually going online and i recently doing a uh an article article for an upcoming magazine in january and i i while i i, I purchased the I, I don't want to say too much about it until everything you know until it comes out in january but when i initially I, I couldn't find the movie i was looking for it's an old movie from the 70s and i couldn't find it online then i found a, you know a kind of a bad print of it i couldn't find you know much information on an article so i purchased a dvd that had audio commentary on it uh and just tons of information you know on this this movie stuff that i couldn't find online whereas if i was not a a physical media person i i would kind of be you know bogged down to what i could only find online which wasn't much information and none of that information i could really 
you know, confirm as being true. It was kind of almost like, you know, from blogs and everything, whereas this DVD is from a reputable company and it had the actual actors and crew members and scriptwriters and all that giving the audio commentary. So you're getting the firsthand uh, information from that. And that was stuff that I, I could not find online. So, you know, everyone out there, don't get me wrong. I, I do see the, there is, you know, some importance to, um, to the internet and to finding information, but there, there's just nothing that beats uh, physical media. And Eddie, I know that you have a, a ton of letters and, you know, reference books and all that, that in your collection that you use as well. What do you find that's, that's better? Do you like one over the other or are you maybe indifferent? No, I, I like everything hard copy. Now I'm going to tell you something that I found out a couple of weeks ago. And in comparison, why it might be like Dave says, another 30, maybe 40 years, 50, and then things will probably start changing. For now, for the next 30 or 40 years, I think it's just going to grow where the Internet will have always some type of reference to old school stuff, because obviously it's going to people still be uploading stuff like that. It's going to stay there for quite some time. Um, I was on AOL. And now I have about six emails on AOL. And a lot of people are like, you still use AOL? Well, the funny thing about it. I didn't it, know that was still around. <laughs> oh, no, no. AOL is, is, is very popular. The thing that blew my mind <laughs> is when I looked at the thing with Verizon, because Verizon bought AOL a few years ago. And right now, shocking as it is, 42% of the people that use AOL still use dial-up with the old <laughs> and I said how can that be because all of South America most of it most of Brazil most of Mexico and stuff still use the old-fashioned dial-up so that's oh, wow. 43 I think it was 33 or 43 percent of the AOL audience so it's still and this is a couple of million people um, so yeah, we're still kind of like going to the new trends, but you know, like David said, ebooks became popular. Ebooks were like, wow, they're going to replace uh, written books and all this stuff. All of a sudden, Barnes and Noble is making a can. Now Barnes and Noble was bought out. Uh, my son was working there, not too long, and they were bought out by some new uh, company, and and you know, so they're doing. And now Amazon is putting in every mall. They have a, a two or three story store and it's all books. So I think that the print media is still going to stay on for a long time because it's beating the email. So the point I'm trying to say is I know it sounds like a gloom and doom, but I think it's going to be around for a while because most people, including myself, prefer the actual book. And one good example is you take, for example, people like... Um, what was it, Michelle Obama stuff, or somebody like that that wrote some stupid book out there and they sold millions of copies like a year ago, you know, so it's, you still have people going out there purchasing books in large quantities. Um, my son told me that each time a book seller would come in or a writer, they would sell, you know, hundreds and hundreds of books in one day. So, yeah, uh, ebooks are there, but here's the problem with ebooks. When you try to read ebooks on online, even if you use the iPad, and now I have the latest iPad. I got the second generation or third generation Pro, the one that just came out a few months ago. And when you're reading on it, even the Kindle, the Kindle, which is the paper white, um, as you read, your eyes get tired quicker 
than with the actual paper because you're not seeing but this flickering. Uh, so I think that's why it turns people off from actually, I mean, out of 10, 20 people that I know, uh, very few actually read online. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to see, uh, I believe it's happening sometime next year as DC Comics is, they're going a lot, a lot of their smaller titles are going digital and they're keeping a lot of their main titles, Batman, Superman, Flash and all that as physical copies. So I'm kind of interested to see how they do with their digital copies well, compared to their physical copies. Do remember, there is a difference in digital comic books. A comic book is you're reading uh, half a sentence uh, or a sentence or two. You're not reading like word for word like in a book. So it might be possible for comic books digitally to be more. But I, I got to tell you the truth. Though. But then you're, you're losing the collectability, though, then of the. That, the that's exactly. But what I was going to tell you is that DC is doing that or, or Marvel, which are the two, because of the fact the way the markets are changing, you know, in the comic book industry. At the same time, it's kind of weird because there's a bunch of comic book stores still popping all over the place and they're still generating hundreds i mean when you go to conventions you still got thousands and thousands of people attending them the comic cons um i understand what you're saying and, and i understand what dc is trying to do but it could be a step in the wrong direction for them to be honest with you well i'm, I'm kind of interested to see how how that's going to work out for them and I, and I do see you know that there is a need for for some digital copies you know, for maybe people that can't make it to the comic shops, you know, because of a physical disability or they don't have a shop near them or for whatever reason. So it gives them the opportunity to, um, well, to you read know, the books online. But, you know, I, I don't think it's something that should be substituted one for the other. No, it shouldn't. Well, ask Dave. He sells a million copies of every book he publishes. He's uh, he's more professional on the call. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not that <laughs> Big a scale yet, but I was just thinking while you guys were discussing this, when I would say, you know, there was this big push um, to go digital with magazine subscriptions, with newspapers, and let's face it, like, you know, magazines, if you go to a supermarket, I mean, remember how they always had the end cap with all the, the different magazines, whether it was like Newsweek or Time or anything political or cat fancy, and they had the wrestling magazines. Look at a magazine rack now. You know, it, it's like non-existent. If if you can even find one, there's it's very either specialized at, at a specialty store that will sell them. They're super expensive. Um, you know, you just don't see it. So the whole industry print was rapidly changing and of course no one was subscribing to newspapers because they're getting everything online you know they can get their news at their fingertips by just typing anything and looking anything up so um that was kind of i think the fear when you had the digital uh streaming you know tv services like ruko and so forth is people were like well we could switch and not pay high cable bills and so forth but can we still get the local, the local stuff? You know, I mean, you were saying Joe about like right. the, you know, the Adams family. In fact, like on Ruko, I see that they do have the Adams family and they, I've been watching that. Um, they have, you know, it's an old, an old dedicated channel just for it. But, oh, really? On Roku? Yeah. 
Yeah, but what what's what's the deal here, guys? You guys all watching uh, the Adams Family? What about the monster? <laughs> well, I, I have a reason. I have a reason to promote the Adams Family, <laughs> but oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot that you own the rights to the uh, Uncle Fester. Light bulb. Uncle Fester light bulb, but um, I'll have to I'll have to check that out on my my road. Yeah. I'm gonna. Talk- I could I could pick it up because I was looking on my I was on my iPad last night going through my my different uh, streaming services and, and I couldn't find it on there, you know, on any of them. So I'll have to check the, the Roku, but you know, it's still, it's, I, I, I hate to have to rely oh, on. I know because it, it could, dis- it could disappear, you know, it could, I mean, it's right. like, I was thinking about that the other day because I, I'm like a big fan of the uh, unsolved mysteries, you know, with Robert Stack. Um, I could watch those episodes over and over and they do the updates and that's like, you know, that's late 80s, 90s, early. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Me too. I've been watching those for the last couple yeah, of Yeah, and, you know, uh, you, you see that the people that are on there, the cases, they're looking for people that were, like, born in the 1890s. Well, they're dead anyways, you know. But um, <laughs> you know, that's, you, you I'm, know af- I'm afraid you they're going to cancel it because they're going to say, you know, this is, you know, like 10 years from now. I don't know why I'm worrying about it now, but you're going to say, hey, these shows are so old. They're talking about cases from the 1970s and 60s. And, you know, so eventually they're going to can it. But um... <laughs> well, see what what you guys don't know. And I'm going to give both you guys, especially you, David, because I see you have the same. Well, me and you are very similar in all our likes, but there is a, a streaming service that's $14 a year. That's how much it cost me. It's called Curiosity Stream. And it's all it does is has all that, all those episodes. Like, for example, the uh, um, In Search Of and all that. You get that. In, the other one is the History Channel Vault. It's $5 a month. And you get every everything from, uh, what's his name? Mitzer or whatever that he did, America on Earth or something like that, which that was a fantastic, man. I thought that was one of the best shows ever with Brad Metzler. Am I pronouncing his name right, speaking. David? I know the show. Yeah, yeah that show, I, I don't know what happened with him and why they stopped because I thought those were the, the best so far I've ever seen in the series of In Search Of. Now, with the unknown mysteries and all that stuff, if you go to the History Vault, they have the entire collection there. And classic um, Curiosity Stream not only has, uh, you know, like science shows and all that stuff and history shows, but they have millions of shows that are individually done by people. Like it's kind of like a YouTube on steroids, really, that you can look up any subject. And then again, let's be honest, any movie that you're trying to look up, which I'm kind of surprised, Joe, you didn't find the movie you were looking for. But if you go to YouTube, you should be able to see it. Now, see, I, I did... I did find it on YouTube, but it, but it was a very um, it, it wasn't a, a good copy of it, and oh, okay. there was uh, there were several um, I guess like editions of it. Some were shorter and some were longer, so it wasn't the the one that I I was looking for. And you know you you brought up you know that the one streaming service fifteen dollars a year, and what I ran into. Or what I've been running into is that, you know, we, my wife and I initially got rid of cable to get the streaming services because they were cheaper and we could still get our local channels and everything. But now I'm running into the problem is, you know, Hulu and Netflix both went up in price. And I like 
shows that are on Netflix. Then I like another show that's on Hulu, another one on Amazon, another one on Shutter. Well, so I have, you know, I'm going to all these places where I'm, I have to pay for, and it's becoming more expensive than than if you, you know, well, initial cable bill. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you guys one thing. For example, if you have a school address, or you have a friend that has a kid in school, whatever, if you use the school address in Amazon Prime. They give you six months free, and then it's six ninety five a month. So my daughter, obviously, I use that, and, and that's how much I pay for my Amazon Prime. So now Amazon Prime gives you many, many. But the best one that you can use is called Philo, P-H-I-L-O. They're nineteen ninety five a month. All you need to do is put your telephone number in and try it for seven days for free. And they give you 60 channels, which includes Discovery, Science Channel, History Channel, a and E, it's all the live streaming service you want for twenty dollars a month. So if you get a deal, say for example, I got the internet, but of course I have the one gig deal, uh, one gig up and down with Verizon. I pay seventy nine, but that's it. Before I used to pay hundred and sixty something with Verizon and all the other channels. The only problem that I have is that the channel four NBC is the only channel for some bizarre reason that the only people that offers you live NBC is Sling and Blue Sling, something like that, and um, I think Roku. But the problem is they're like $40, $50 a month for those services. Yeah. Now, there is a channel that's free. If In fact, if you have a smart TV and you start looking at all the apps, there's a channel called Pluto TV that all they do is offer black and white films from the 40s and no, 50s. But, but, and they have no, no, Pluto is, yeah, but if you if you have those streaming services and you have uh, Ruko, you go to Pluto, it's free, like Eddie said, but that's what has the Adams Family on it. It has, you know, shows like, um, I mentioned Unsolved Mysteries. It has that show with w William Shatner called Emergency 911. You know, it has all the, it has all the old, television shows but it also yes it has the black and white too but it has more modern things like you know uh cranky anchors from a uh, comedy central um oh yeah, remember yeah, that so it, yeah. it has yeah. all that and it's absolutely free and um i you can i'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to check it i just no, wrote it down so i'm gonna have to no, but you can get that you can get that also just to let you know you don't need to pay a service pluto tv it's an app. You can get it even on your phone. The thing with Pluto is also, my wife, I came here the other night and she was watching Lost in Space, man. I forget at what time. And the Brady Bunch, like every, I think they do have all that stuff. Yeah, they do. Day. Yeah, they have literally, um, and they have movies too. I mean, they have, I mean, I was watching through Pluto, another like crazy 80, uh, 80s film um, called Mommy Dearest about Joan Crawford, you know, the woman that. that oh, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. So I hadn't one. seen yeah. that in years, and you know, if I wanted to find that now, you know, or, or order a DVD or something, or find it would be impossible. Or you find a movie with Dennis Weaver, the first Steven Spielberg film called Duel, about the truck driver that's trying to run the guy off the road. I mean, obscure films that you don't see. I was before I went on to the uh, on with you guys. I was watching a movie called. The Italian job with my remember, <laughs> yeah, remember so that. it's like you know that's all on Pluto, and um, that's where the Adams family is, and a lot of the other, and it's great because it is free, but um, a lot of the movies they don't keep them on there forever, 
it will say, you know, you have right. another month to watch these and then they replace them with, with other films. So, you know, but you know that that is one of the upsides to the to the streaming services to play devil's advocate here is that some of these movies and TV shows that you could find on these streaming service services you you know they haven't put them out on on DVD or they're you know they were only released to a certain region so these streaming some of the streaming services do allow us to see stuff that we you know can't find on um on on DVD or anything like that well, and. Like, um, I was just watching um, a few weeks ago was uh, Dark Shadows. I had started from number one and um, I was going I was up to like a number 100 and something. They were all free on on Amazon because I, I can't afford the, the box set goes for, you know, like five hundred dollars. But I, I was so mad because there was a you know, it was the end of the storyline of um, uh, that was going on. Uh, you know, the next episode was going to reveal who the killer was and then. Amazon wanted me to pay a dollar <laughs> for the show. And then it went after that. It was like the next 20 were free. And then you had to pay for one. Then it was five were free. Then you had to pay for one. I said, I'm not spending, you know, by the time I spend, you know, dollar 99 here. And then for each episode, I might as well just save up and buy the, the DVD set. At least I'll, I'll have it to reference back. And, you know, for, you know, any future viewings, but I, I was, Oh man, I, I was, I was livid, man, because it was, I was, I've watched a hundred and I think it was 26 episodes and number 120, I think it was 127 was going to reveal, you know, who the killer was and this and that. And then I had to pay for it. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Me. Let, let, let me tell you guys something. Okay. I, I know it's kind of funny because you guys are a lot younger than me. And I, I'm going to tell you something though. In the 1970s, when I was a kid and I wanted to watch any of that stuff, bro, I had to wait for Sunday when they would play each week an Abbott and Costello film or, and if I couldn't watch it at that time, I was screwed. It's not like I could yeah. have, a, or if not, I had to settle for a super eight film that was silent, no sound, which would only play for 10 minutes. And it had to, <laughs> so I got to be honest with you, man, what we have today, <laughs> we're kind of complaining, but I, I, what we have today was, was never available. There's a guy that goes to Chiller Theater. Now, Chiller Theater is, you know, like I said, that convention up in my area that's been going on. I think, in fact, they're they're opening it again soon, I think. Uh, they'd only skipped one, I think, because of the coronavirus. But the thing with that show is there's one guy there that's a friend of mine. And what he does is he has one of those DVRs he bought for like $190 that has 1,000 hours of video time on it. And he records all those crazy old movies and stuff like that. And then he burns them onto DVDs and he sells them for $10, $14 each a chiller. And he's been doing that for like 10, you know, 10 years since he's going there or more. Um, I wonder if it's the same guy that does that at Monster Bash because he has all the old well, this, DVDs this guy, and all that. He's an old, Ita not old, he's like a middle-aged Italian guy, kind of bullheaded. He goes by the name of Paul. No, I no, this is too different much guy. information in case they... <laughs> But uh, yeah, he. I think he does go to that one too. To be honest with you, but yeah, like like you said, you know, we 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 definitely have a good, you know, today. I'm just, I'm just, you know, of the mindset that of I want to. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. Yeah, I, yeah, spoiled. But I want to have the physical copy, you know, for future, and I want to have, you know, something to pass on, you know, to my nieces and all that too, to say, hey, look, you know. These are movies or shows from the you know fifties and sixties that you know forty years from now or something that well, might not be available, but 
you know, here it is, you know, a physical copy that you could play. And it's, you know, not just about having, you know, them ready at hand, but it's about, you know, almost like the, you're, you're preserving that part of history and you're, you're having a part of it with you to, you know, to pass on or, you know, to have it ready at hand when you need it. So, yeah, you know, we're definitely spoiled, you know, nowadays compared to how it was, you know, in the, 70s 80s and 90s but you know there's there's still uh well no joe joe in the 80s you had vhs that's different when vhs came in it offered an opportunity for people to record films but what i was going to tell you though is and this is kind of like my what i do is this i bought a blu-ray portable 10 inch player cost me like 260 bucks because it was blu-ray obviously they're still going for that price they haven't gone down and i have three 10 inch dvd portable players that have the screen so i have them there meaning i still watch them on my computer i still but if i ever like you know they stop making dvds because here's the whole thing i have in my collection i made sure i bought i dream of genie i made sure that i bought the uh, bewitch series the entire i love lucy collection the entire twilight zone outer limits the honeymooners i have every film of abbott and costello um, I fought probably Lost in Space, the entire series, Sanford and Son, um, Branded, The Guns of Will Sonnet, which is one of the best Westerns I've ever watched in my life. I don't know if Dave has ever even heard uh, The Guns of Will Sonnet, but I think that's the most, it's, it's phenomenal. Dave, have you heard of that? No, I'm not familiar with that, to be honest with you. Oh my God, Dave, you got, you got it. If you, I mean, Dave, I know you would love that. If you watch it, it's, it's only two seasons. It's about 24 episodes or 29 episodes uh, in total. And, and you know, and you know what, Eddie, what I, what I was just thinking too, and I was thinking this a few days ago is that a lot of the, well, not a lot, but there, there's certain shows that, you know, came out in the seventies, eighties and nineties that had some controversial, you know, parts to the, the story that are, are actually being cut out of, you know, the episodes that are put on streaming. So you're not even getting the original, um, you're not even getting the original uh, TV show or movie unless you find it on, on DVD. So that's another, yeah, but- you know, I think push to, to make sure that you get the DVDs, but real quick, Dave, I wanted to ask you just in your, your personal and your pre- professional opinion, going back to magazines, do you think, or do you see a, uh, you know, maybe a revival of, physical print magazines coming in in the near future you know i kind of only see it if it's going to be like um like a special edition collector's edition um you know i i really i really don't i don't there may be magazines that will like pop up or some people get together and say hey let's write about this uh, I, it, if they do, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be weekly or I, I think it's going to be like four times a year type thing. You know, it's going to be very sparse because the audience is going to be small. People are going to demand if something does come out, if they can get a digital copy, you know, and maybe that's all right if it's digital and then they also offer a print copy. But I don't know of any new magazines personally that have surfaced over the last couple of years, like a new magazine. I just have heard of ones like that are getting smaller and smaller and thinner, or they're just, you know, totally giving up the print copies and going totally online. Um, 
Now, now I did see that uh, Fangoria. I think with Fangoria, they were out of print for a little bit when I think they went digital, and now they're coming back with, I believe, a you know quarter. I think it's a quarterly, quarterly yeah. issue, something yeah. like that. Um, and I know Famous Monsters. They tried that with um, a yearly edition, but I don't. I'm not sure if they they yeah, do that. You know anymore. what I look at? Me, it's it's yeah. kind of like I think magazines will be very much like vinyl. You know where. Um, there could be like a little resurgence and maybe something like um, that's nostalgic, you know, someone, someone wants, cause I, I was, and I didn't even realize this, but a week ago I was at Walmart and I, I never realized I have a vinyl section now. Oh, mostly yeah. all, 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 a lot of stores now, Target, uh, Walmart, they, uh, Barnes and Nobles, they, I mean, vinyls, it's it's almost like making a comeback. They're like, you see more vinyls than you see CDs. CDs you, you know, I'm going to tell both of you guys one thing about that. I go to Barnes & Noble, like, honestly, on a weekly basis or every two weeks, whenever I could stop there. And I used to love when my son used to work there because I got 40% off. There is so many magazines. There's over 1,500 magazines on display with new ones added each month. So I, and there is a lot of search, there's a lot of European magazines coming into the market uh, in USA. They're a little bigger, they're brighter, they're kind of like from England. They're, they're a lot better than the American versions, but. Right. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that if you could find something like, you know, Dark Side or Infinity that comes from England, you're, I, I believe it's the uh, USA price tag is around 10 bucks, but man, I mean, you get some glossy pages and you get. Yeah. You know, you get some but, some quality work in, in those but magazines. Joe, one thing you forgot to mention is that, like, popular science and popular mechanics. I, I just subscribed yesterday to a two-year popular science magazine because they have this awesome covers that are coming out that are fantastic. Now, popular science and popular mechanics, the magazine went from, like, 11 by 12 to, like, 8 by 10. They kind of shortened it down a little bit. It's more word. It's, the words are, like, small, but it's more bigger, I think. But they're all, they all give you the free digital copy with the yearly subscription. So you're getting... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of those are doing that. I know, like, even with... um, If you go over to uh, Tomorrow's Publishing and you take a look at... you If you subscribe or you order online to their back issue or Alter Ego, you get a free digital copy, with it, which is which is great. I, I think that's that's awesome to, you know, to give the, uh, the subscribers or, or someone that's buying. You do, but there's, there's a problem with it that, that you're not aware of. See, I have... The, the digital subscription and I have the actual subscription for both popular mechanics and science, which I usually been subscribing for years. I used to subscribe to Boys Life magazine from the Boy Scouts when it had all the ads. Now it doesn't. So I kind of stopped getting that like six, seven years ago. But the point I'm going to say to you is, is this. When you try to read on your phone or you try to read on what read whatever, a digital copy, it's it's a piece of junk. I usually yeah, don't look it, through it because you have you get an article, then you have to go to the next thing and then scroll up and down certain things. It's not fun. Sometimes you can't even find what you're looking for. No, like 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 me personally, and I don't know how you guys are. Is I I could sit and you know in one sitting and read a magazine, or you know sit for two three hours and read a book. But man, if I try reading something on the computer or iPad, you know I got to take a break every you know ten fifteen minutes or so because my eyes start hurting and I just I get kind of sick of having to enlarge it to look and you know all this other stuff i i just rather have the physical so yeah my, my opinion is it's 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 still going to stay for a while it, it, at least 
for the next 30 years or so, we'll still have a strong media print part of it. Because just like you were saying, and, and Dave was unaware, Dave, they're selling albums, like which I was shocked. In uh, those uh, stores that sell magazines, like the Indian shops and stuff in New York City and stuff like that, there's uh, one of those news things in my, my, my area. And I went there, the, and, and this guy has a bunch. But I couldn't believe they were selling vinyl in there, too. And I'm like, are you kidding? So vinyl has made a big, but the problem is the price tags on these things. The Michael Jackson Thriller album. album was oh, yeah. And, and you know what's funny is that you could go to any of your local flea markets and find the original album, usually for three to five bucks, you know, maybe a buck. Cause I, I know me and me and my old man, we go once a month to a, a flea market near us. And uh, his buddy has this huge record stand and he's always packed. I mean, there's always people there buying. And, you know, I, I, I could, I see, you know, new albums that are at Barnes and Nobles for 20, $30. And I find them at the flea market for two or $3 and they're, you know, maybe they're not digitally remastered, what whatnot, but you're still getting oh, quality yeah. music for that. Yeah. You know, a fraction. Well, that's of the thing. Price. I go back to like, you know, we were saying about magazines and print, and I see the very like famous monsters, or you know, it, it has a following, and people that collect that type of thing, they they actually want a tangible item like the magazine. They'll go for it. But the same with the vinyls. You notice most of the albums that are, I noticed like at Walmart, just because I was in that section looking for printer ink, is uh, there are things like Eddie said, it's Michael Jackson Thriller album. It's like uh, Queen album or Led Zeppelin. It's, it's the classic stuff. You don't really see, you know, new artists, just cranking out these uh these vinyl records you know it's it's the classic stuff which as you said joe you could find on ebay you could find at your local flea market yard sale so when i was looking at it yeah the prices i'm like you know and it's most of the time it's the same artwork too you know it's the same it's the same cover well, so they're appealing to that but with the magazines to go back as long as those magazines get they're not relying on subscription rates because you know very few people order magazines through the mail and i think we talked about this uh probably over a month ago when we were talking about how publishers clearinghouse started with doing magazine subscriptions and now they've gotten away totally from that practically and it's into buying you know gadgets and kitchen devices and things that make your life better but look at the, the the powerful magazines that are ceasing to do hard copy prints. It was like Seventeen magazine, uh, I think even Playboy, right? They they're stopping. Everything is digital. They're stopping printing the magazine, which is like an iconic magazine, and they've ceased the production of um, doing um, hard copy printing. Yeah. Right, and I know one of the two, one of the the big issues that are causing these magazines to go go under, and I'm sure you guys see it too because you deal with the shipping and all that, is the cost of shipping and the cost of printing the magazines. Because I, I I talk a lot with um, the editors for Scary Monsters, and their main issue is the cost of printing and especially the cost of shipping that keeps going up. So I think a lot of these smaller publications, the reason why they're folding. You know, and it's not just one. It's not just one issue. Oh, 
telephone someone's got to grab <laughs> you know it's not just one issue there's a, a whole bunch of issues but i think a main issue is you know shipping very, going yeah up that's it's, that's correct yeah, even um, they get bulk mailing rates, discounted rates, but still, sometimes the shipping is more than the um, the magazine would even sell for on the newsstand. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, one one thing you guys got to remember: the government still has the media mail, which is always going to be two dollars and eighty cents for up to like five pounds. So you know, magazines will fall in that. Um, but he, he or bulk bulk mail you know but here's what i was going to say to you guys when you both mentioning the magazines and what's happening is it, i don't think that the printing cost the magazines like say for example dave you mentioned playboy well the reason playboy went out of business or is going out of business is because you can get online what people want they just buy that to look at the no at they the buy it eddie you know? they buy it for the articles you know right? Yeah, yeah, the so, articles. But 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 again, we're going back because of the digital. <laughs> See how it's changed that whole. That was a multi-billion-dollar industry. That magazine, oh, and um, you know, yeah, that's like Kodak. Kodak. What was Kodak? You know, and, and a lot of look how many, you know, and look how many models and look how many writers got their start. You know, with Playboy and with you know all these big magazines that Dave, like you said, have gone under, you know, so it's harder for, you know, these people have to turn to online. And once again, you know, we're well, going back to, well, you know, online. And then if, if a website goes under, then you have to, you know, try to find that website. If you go to the, um, I think it's archive.org. Sometimes they'll have, you know, past websites that are now defunct, but it's you know, called you, time machine. Not that. Yeah. If you, if you have writings on, on a website and it goes under you know there's a possibility you could lose all that you know right it's called the uh, what you're talking about is called timemachine.com and they what you, every website that's ever existed they're archived there like if you go to house of the unusual and you go back like five years ago you'll have copies of every single day of my website uh that's uh, i think it's like a, believe it or not that's a government owned or something of the internet where there is a history of anything ever seen on the internet yeah, there, I know it's part of archive.org. You could either go, when you go to the homepage, you could go to archive or the the, the time machine one. And even archive, archive.org is nice because you could find a lot of, you know, old. I, I actually, when I was doing the research for um, this movie, I was able to go back and find an old uh, famous monsters from, um, I believe it was 1962. And I was able to find it on there and, you know, search through it. And I was able to find the article that I was looking for and, you know, reference it and everything. So that was really cool because otherwise I'd have to, well, you know, find it on eBay and try to get it shipped to me. And yeah, another thing, if you go to Google Docs, not Google Docs, like where you, may, um, I think it's called Google's, I, I forgot what it's called now, but it, in Google, there's a copy of every, like almost every book ever published. You can see, in fact, Google got in trouble for that because they were like giving you full copies of books and then they had to kind of summarize it a little uh, for not to give you the entire, but it, say, for example, you want to go to Boy's Life or Popular Science or Life magazine, you go to the site and the archives will give you every single issue that you can actually page through and take copies of on those archives. Because I did that with Boy's Life. I got everything from 1964 through 2000, I mean, uh, 1985, I think it was. I got a copy of every single issue. 
and digitally. Well, I remember getting that magazine back in the well, it had been mid '80s or so when I was in the Boy uh, Scouts. The Boy Scouts. No, yeah, that's going back way far with that Dave, one. I want to ask you this question really quick because this you'll be the expert on this. I know some of your books when they first came out, you sold them for like twenty bucks, and I know some of your books now selling for seven hundred dollars uh, because of the lack. Uh, right now, Mail Order Mysteries by Kirk Demaris is selling on on Amazon for ninety dollars. And some people going as high as 123 on eBay. What do you think caused that? Well, you know, it's like anything in the, in the field of collecting or especially books or wh whatever you do. I'm not sure if they really are going for that. I mean, it's like that book I did called Pleasant Nightmares. That's actually one that we did um, under the, the imprint of S.S. Adams. Um, that book sold out like within two months. And originally it was, uh, I think it was $40. And now you see it on Amazon or it surfs on eBay and it's like $200. But I'm not sure who's buying it. I'm not sure if it's actually selling. So when you're saying, you know, the book is now selling for 90, is that just what it's listed for? Um, because it's even, no, 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 it's, it's actually people are paying the they're they're paying because it's out of print. So if you want to get a copy, you're paying the ninety bucks. Oh yeah, I, I've seen I I've seen people paying, you know, books that have been out of print for five years, and they're paying two hundred dollars for it because you know it, it's a book that they you know kind of supply and demand. You know, it's a book that they wanted, and uh, you know this person's demanding the price, and people are are paying it. You know, if they like you said, they David, it, it's a collectible. You know, people want people want it, and they'll. If they want it bad enough, they'll pay whatever you're going to put out. Yeah, the price well, Pleasant for it. Nightmares. I was going to say Pleasant Nightmares, the one Dave put out. It's a phenomenal. That's an awesome book. It's one of the best books I ever owned. I can tell you something, Dave. I don't know if you're aware, but there was one that sold for 437 on Amazon. Somebody paid for it because it was there and it's gone. <laughs> well, that book, like I said, it, 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 I get requests for it, and so much so that I was thinking of doing another edition uh, to get in the hands of more people that want it. But the original one was hardcover. I was thinking of doing a second edition, you know, and, and soft cover. And that's been discussed uh, over the last several months. I know like a book I did early, early on one of my first books, you know, again, it was like a $40 book, but it was limited. There was only uh, 500 printed and that book um, I see going for, you know, like, $350. And a lot of times I don't believe it because I'm not the one that's selling it. You know, I don't have any more to sell, but I say to myself, no, that book can't be going for that much. You know, it, it's impossible. I mean, who the hell pay that much money for it? But as Joe said, if you want it, it's unobtainable and you want to add it to your library. That's not one of these mass produced books. I mean, most of the books I do, uh, I've done multiple printings of them. But at each time, it may just be like 500 or 1,000 copies. And unless there's a lot of demand, I will I will not reprint it. I did one called The Death Camp Magicians in hardcover, sold out in a month, then did a soft. That sold out in six months. And now I have to decide if I want to do a third edition of that. Uh, but, yeah, and then, you know, in my field, we do things like deluxe editions. And it's basically the same book, but the binding is different. 
may have leather binding or slipcase or you, you tip in something with an autograph. And with those books, you could kind of see those over the years going for more because they have that added bonus. And usually there's less produce, you know, instead of doing 500 of that, I may only do 200. And um, those I could see going up in price, but I'm just amazed that, you know, some of the things I turned out are now going for, like you just said, pleasant nightmares, $400. I have three copies of that. I have, uh, you know, an autograph copy to me <laughs> from the author and yeah. uh, from uh, Bill Neff's son. You sure this? You sure that's not and in then I, and I Then I have two other copies that are like just <laughs> emergency, like run out of money and I got to sell them fast. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's amazing that, that things that are, are fairly new um, jump up in price like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The one I have, Dave has, has the nefs and everybody's autograph in it. Yeah. Um, but um Let's just hope it's not the one you're thinking. Uh, what I was going to say. Eddie might have swiped my pull of stealth machine and swiped it. He's like, I don't know if I gave it. It's there, man. I have it. <laughs> Dave, uh, let me tell you something that really impresses me. Because you do, you actually print some of the best quality books I've ever seen. I mean, they're phenomenal and stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. If you want to do a research on some of the books you print, the one you did in Houdini, the little red one that's a copy of the Unmasking of Robert Houdin that has, you know, that you made a copy really nice and red that I think you were selling for like 30 bucks or 40. If you go, you should do a, uh, I did it about two months ago, so I, I still think you should be able to. But if you do a an eBay search for that book and then you put completed listings, that book was doing over 60 bucks. You know, it, some people were paying as much as 80 bucks for that book. And I'm going to give you an example. I have a book that I had. Um, I just had it. It's called the uh, this thing that Sean Penn did the movie, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High, the original paperback book that's, that was done in, in 1988 or 87. Uh, the publisher, I think only, he only published like one or two books. I don't think he did too many books, but the original book on the movie, uh, I have the book and I, you know, I've had it. So anyway, I put it on eBay and the book is going from a thousand bucks. There's people asking, I don't know how much they're paying for it, but I, I don't see that they pay much like over 250, whatever. So anyway, I had to buy it now and the person offered me $200. I was asking 275 and I sold it through a different eBay store and then eBay put a 21 day hold on my money. It got me so pissed. I, I, I canceled the order. There's no way that they're going to hold the money because it's just an account that I have whatever that has very little feedback. So I have it now, but I listed it because I saw the demand for it. I listed it for $350 or something with a, you know, best offer, whatever. But it's amazing that somebody will pay for a stupid six by nine paperback. That's not in great condition. I mean, it's in, in decent condition, but people are paying for a book that I personally, the movie, when I was a kid, I hated it. Then I don't like Sean Penn as an actor. So, you know, I don't like the movie. I don't like, care for the book. I just have it there and I have it listed right now on eBay. And and for some reason, like I said, it actually sold. The person paid and I refunded them the money, which they probably got pissed. But you know what? I'm not going to have my money being held for 21 days just because eBay feels like it, which I that's one of the beefs I have with eBay, you know. So um, 
that's what I'm saying. Your books, especially, I'm willing to take just for the heck of it. I wonder if I were to list that uh, uh, Nightmares book you have, just for the heck of it, to see what people are willing to pay for that book. Not to sell, because I wouldn't sell it if they gave me 500 uh, Put it, put it as an auction and see how high it goes. <laughs> I, I did that with the ghost one time, and it went past thirty two hundred dollars. So, yeah, that, it, that's crazy that how much you know people will pay for for books sometimes. But I mean, it's I mean it's good it's good to see that you know there's still that that demand for well, the actual print copy. Of, let me of, ask of you a question, Dave. Didn't I pay eight hundred and ninety three dollars for the seven foot ghost from Johnson Smith? <laughs> a balloon and a plastic. People just want things really bad. Andy, I could have sold you a balloon and some a plastic bag no, for that David much. Sold me one. <laughs> I got another one yeah. that you could buy. I'll, I'll send it right <laughs> over to you. Just, just you know, wire me the money real quick. <laughs> well, guys, we are we're down to about you know seven minutes or so. So let's let's wrap it up. I know we didn't get to uh, any of the magic stuff. We kind of ran with the topic i was hoping to just talk about for a few minutes but you know that's okay we'll, we'll have dave on again to uh talk some magic stuff but uh dave what, what are what are your your final thoughts and uh what, what's some places that people could uh you know find your books and all that in your publications dave we there you know something we must have lost dave yeah all right well eddie give us your uh Give us your final thoughts and what, you know, of what's new at House of the Unusual, any new uh, listings? Well, basically, the funny thing I was going to say with House of the Unusual is uh, when we're saying about all these things with the books and stuff, it, it makes me realize that people will pay what they want no matter what it is. Um, and for whatever reason, it's... It's going to always be there. The market will always be there. Someone will always want, as long as all our people that we, you know, our age and stuff are alive, somebody's going to want something from their childhood. So having said that, that's why it is, it's important that our listeners help us in maintaining our channel and continue to grow with the House of the Unusual website, because it is one of the last places where you can come and get those strange items you grew up wanting and never had. So I want to tell all our listeners to please, you know, join our, our thing, go on so we can include new contents, get a, get in touch with us, send us messages, come in, join the forum, join the blog, but definitely listen to the podcast because the podcast is now in its 18th. This is going to be the 19th show now and it's growing and it has a lot of, I think it has like 10, five stars already in, in, in iTunes. I need yeah, last I checked, I think there was there was uh, ten reviews, all five so stars. People, so yeah, people you know, should keep, listen. Keep those reviews coming. Well, I... We're definitely appreciative of of all the uh, the five star reviews out there and and any type of feedback. And like Eddie said, you know, head over to houseoftheunusual.com on the forum. You know, you could give us feedback there of what you want to see in any future episodes, and if you want to be a guest, get a hold of us there, man. We're always looking to to talk to new people and to get some different, you know, perspectives on, on a, you know, we talk about a wide variety of topics and that, you know, that's what we're here for, you know, some pop culture topics. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, and in the future we'll have a famous world magician, Dave Harvestat, who kind of fell into a black hole tonight. Uh, 
yeah, he, he pulled his own disappearing <laughs> magic trick. But, uh, you know, for, for Dave on his side, you know, uh, you could find his books on his website. It's 1878 Press. It's 1878 Press, P-R-E-S-S dot com. And there you could find uh, a lot of his books that are, that he has available. Go to the uh, the shop site and the publications, and you could purchase them on there a lot cheaper than you'll you'll probably find them on uh, Amazon or eBay. But definitely, everyone out there, go check out uh, House of the Unusual on eBay. There's a lot of cool items on there. There's a lot of cool items on HouseOfTheUnusual.com, and definitely, definitely head over to the YouTube channel. House of the Unusual, and check out all of the unboxing videos. We're going to be having uh, two more pop up. I did an unboxing I just sent uh, Eddie, which should be coming up shortly. And our buddy, uh, uh, King of the uh, King of the Sea Monkeys, Todd, he did a his first unboxing. So that's I can't wait to see that because we're going to have to have him on after that to uh, to discuss it and see how how it went. Uh, there's a part in the in the in the thing that his thing is came out pretty good actually. What I was going to say to you, you'll see it tonight. I'm going to upload them soon. Um, yeah, definitely. If And then people, by the way, the seven-foot Frankenstein, the one, the original Frankenstein that has been printed in posters will not be available. There's only a few left. Uh, we need for anybody to go to the – you can actually buy it on even on my eBay store. I put it on my eBay store, but on the site. You know, get the link, buy the seven foot Frankenstein and the haunted house weather house. That's going to be gone. And once it's gone, it will not be reproduced. Um, so having said. Right. So you guys, you guys don't want to miss out on that. Definitely. Those so, are very cool other items. Than that, well, Joe, I guess it's another wrap up of another fantastic show that turned out to be. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome discussion. I know we we kind of ranted a little bit longer and, and missed out well, on the magic, but uh, that just means we'll have to have Dave on in in well, the near future to to talk about one thing some that I'm going to tell tricks. you for sure. Though, let's do like Ralph Cram. I mean, Ralph Cram, uh, Jackie Gleason used to do before every show. He never rehearsed because when you think of a topic, it's not going to happen. <laughs> That's yeah, that absolutely. So everyone out there in in podcast land, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, please head over to Anchor or iTunes, where however you listen to us and give us a, a, a good review. Uh, definitely helps us out and keeps us going. So, Eddie, thanks for joining us. Everybody out there, thank you.